going through a study of Deuteronomy here. And in this study, we, you know, we, were, we were trucking along, doing about half a chapter a week, and then we hit the Ten Commandments. Like, the the uh, illusion is like we're in mud, but we're not in mud. This is good mud. Consider it a, a spa uh, that we're in, and we're just we're languishing in the warm, bubbly waters of, of God's good word here as we have gone through the Ten Commandments. Um, we finished up last week the first four of the Ten Commandments dealing with commandments that deal predominantly with our relationship with the living God. Now, I want to stop before we get into today's study a little bit, because there are people who are going to argue, you know, the Old Testament's not for us today. We're New Testament Christians and the like. And so I want to flip briefly up to Matthew chapter 19 and look at Jesus' response to the rich young ruler who asked him, what must I do to have eternal life? Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. What good deed must I do? Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And so this budding legalist said, which ones? You know, give me, give me the checklist so I can know that I have eternal life. And so Jesus says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What are those? Commandments. They're commandments. They're the ones we're starting to deal with over here. But he omits one of the ones from over here. Do you know which one he omitted? Covet. You shall not covet. That was omitted. What else did he? What else did Christ omit? He omitted these over here. And so, in a couple of weeks, we're going to tie those two together. You know, the covetous heart and the relationship with the living God. But all these others are commandments, and Jesus thinks these are important. Thinks that you should keep them. Keep these commandments. God the Son, New Testament, you know, he's in the Old Testament too. The Word, he is the Word. Genesis through Revelation. He's the living Word. You know, we, we could go into the young man's response because it wasn't good. But what God declares to us is good. And these things should be accomplished in us not as a checklist to eternal life because that will fail us miserably but these should be the outflowings of a love relationship with God and so we look at these commandments and go well these these are things that should be happening these declare good things to us so even though we're, we're deep in the Old Testament, this is good. This is God's good word. And it's important that we hear it today. Um, I wanted to touch one, one last time 
at least as far as the Ten Commandments are concerned, you can see on the note we're probably going to talk about fathers and mothers here a little bit later, especially when we get into Deuteronomy chapter 6. But honor your dad and mom, just because I came across, as I'm reading through Proverbs, two Proverbs, um, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, that, that just smacked me about the gravity. We talked last week about the gravity of honoring our fathers and mothers. As, as children, yes, absolutely. But the responsibility of parents to, bad word in our culture, indoctrinate. To indoctrinate our children on the importance of honoring their moms and dads. Okay? Critical. But at the same time, as adults, we still honor our moms and dads. We don't obey them anymore, but we still give them respect that they're due. And that relationship changes and hopefully becomes even the sweeter in our age. Um, Proverbs... uh, Tracy, would you look up Proverbs 20? And Stephanie, would you go to Proverbs 30? We're going to be all over Scripture today as we vault off of Deuteronomy chapter 5. I I just want to impress upon us the gravity of the commandment to honor our father and mother. Paul tells us that it's the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with us, and that's what is explained Specifically in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. But Proverbs kind of is going to startle us a little bit. Proverbs 20, 20. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Okay. Honor your father and mother, but if, and this, this, wells up in our stubborn, rebellious little hearts. Oh, mom and dad are so stupid. And, and we begin to hate their authority and their position over us. Perhaps we don't have good moms and dads. And there, there may be a bitterness for what they've done to us or the like, but Proverbs makes plain we have a responsibility to still honor them as our moms and dads, even if they're not good ones. What a blessing for you if you did have a good mom or dad. Uh, Proverbs thirty seventeen also kind of echoes this in shivering uh, detail. The eye that mocks a father that scorns an aged mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley and be eaten by the vultures. Pass that on to your kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's pretty macabre, but it's it's there. That's God's word. I mean, there is consequence. There is there is consequence toward us as we, if we have a loathing and a hatred toward our parents. Oh, well, that we would not. You know, God's desire for us is to honor. Our parents. All right, back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, 5, sorry, 6, and we're going to get to the next commandment, and we're going we're gonna to stew here for a bunch. David, I want you to see if you can hack all four words in Deuteronomy 5, 17. Slowing into the microphone. Yeah. You shall not murder. Well, well said. Okay. 
King James, thou shalt not kill. <clears throat> thou shalt not murder. Do not murder. Okay? Murder. Okay. Any Hebrew scholars in here? Nope, me neither. I'm not either. How, if I'm not astute in the languages, do I know that this does not mean there should be no killing among, among mankind? How do I know that is not what this is talking about? Ben? David, what about him? He killed a whole bunch of folks. And he was a man after God's own heart. Ooh. His anointed? How else do I know? There's tons of wars talked about in the scripture where God called on them to basically decimate an entire culture. Before or after this command? After. After this command. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, but somebody just reading through this isn't going to get that. But if you continue to read in Scripture, you're going to come across all kinds of places where God says, kill him. Turn the page. Well, actually, not. If you were in Exodus chapter 20. The law of Leviticus doesn't say that I kill a man, he shall die too. Yes. Okay, in Exodus chapter 20, that's the first telling of the Ten Commandments. The reason we're in Deuteronomy, it's the second, second telling. That's what Deuteronomy means. Uh, Deuteronomy 20, or excuse me, Exodus 20, 13 says, You shall not murder. To turn the page, at least in my Bible, to Exodus chapter 21 and verse 12, it says, Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. Verse 15. Whoever strikes his father and mother, oh, by the way, he shall be put to death. There's that honor your father and mother thing. Again. Doesn't even strike. Doesn't even say strike them to kill them. Just says strike them. You shall be put to death. Ooh, ooh. Okay, so, so there, the in Exodus twenty-two verse two talks about self-defense as well. You know, if a man comes into your home at night and you strike him and he dies, you're fine. You are fine. So, so what does it mean? What, is, what does God's commandment mean then, thou shalt not murder? It goes on in Leviticus to uh, introduce the whole idea of the blood avenger. And it's the difference between someone who murders with ill intent, with premeditation versus someone who, you know, accidentally kills another human being. So if I accidentally kill another human being, should I be, should I go, hey dude, it was an accident. It has to be on uh, the, there has to be more than one witness. Okay. So there's, there's got to be witnesses. So essentially, because I have killed this man, my life is now in the balance, and we'll explain why here in just a moment. And by the law, I can be avenged. I, I got a whole bunch of passages about the avenger that would take us 25 minutes to get through. So I'm not going to. If you want those passages, I can 
pass them to you. Essentially, the male next of kin would have the right to come and offer you. Now, if it was by accident, you would beat feet to where? City of Refuge. And there were six of, them. six of them, which three on one side of the Jordan River and three on the other, not too far. So hopefully you could make it there and you could not be executed. But you'd have to stay in that town, man. You'd have to stay in that town until the high priest died. Hope he's old. Until <laughs> the next guy killed. Question. So now, you said in Leviticus how you had intentfulness to... Intention, yes. ...to kill them. But I mean, in every war you go in with the intention that you are going to kill someone. Okay. So would you call that murder? Great question. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll parse that out here in just a minute. Okay, hold that question, hold that thought, because we're going to get back to it. Okay, good question. Because you, if you just have this, it's like, okay, man, we need the Supreme Court to come in and go, what about? But we have to go back to, God says this, why does he say this? And we've talked about this over and over and over again in the Sunday school class, but it's important for us, just as you know, God reiterates himself throughout Scripture, why we continue to read Scripture over and over and over again uh, is because we forget, and it's important for this truth to just saturate our lives. And what is that truth? Why is murder wrong? Because we, because we are his image bearers. Now, that's not something I came up with on my own. Uh, go back to Genesis chapter 9. In the space-time continuum, where is Genesis chapter 9? What had just happened? The flood. They are off the boat. Okay, they are fresh off the boat. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and upon every bird of heaven, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is its blood. Here are your verses. And for your lifeblood, for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. You know, we could just say, well, God said don't, so we shouldn't. But God explained why we shouldn't. Because every human being is is every human being is an image bearer of God. And when we strike to the death an image bearer of God, we have 
desecrated God. We have, we have shown a disregard for God's image within each human being. We have shown a disregard for it. Okay? So, Caleb commits a crime. He, he kills Sue. You're adjacent. Sorry. <laughs> and so, now, others have to put him to death. But they are not held responsible for that. Why? What, they are not held responsible for his life. Why? Yes. And they are God's instruments, essentially. That's, again, that's what he said. He said you are now required. You don't have a choice. He has shown a disregard for the image of God within a human being, and he must be put to death. We could go into the passage that talk about how the land is desecrated. By murder. That the land is soiled by murder. And requires a reckoning. Requires his execution. You know, again, the, you have the avenger spoken of in the law. You know, that's Old Testament. Nah, it is. Go to Romans chapter 13. One of the greatest passages for us on how we are to understand government. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll pick up in the middle of verse 3. Then do what is good, and you will receive his, that would be the king's approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Government holds the sword to do what with it? To kill people. Okay, the sword is for killing. He is God's instrument, uh, an avenger for his wrath. Okay, so this is the fundamental foundational principle behind this commandment. Now, this fleshes out in our culture, in our country, and around the world today in issues. Okay? Name one issue. We'll, we'll go through a bunch. I got a bunch. And there's probably going to be some you won't come up with, but that's okay. Give me one issue that deals with this. Okay, capital punishment. So, I'm going to put it up there. Capital punishment. Let's talk about capital punishment. Capital punishment means what, Trace? Uh, the death penalty. Okay, it's the death penalty. Should should America have the death penalty? Yes, absolutely. Why? For all the reasons you just said. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Everything we just talked about. Now, 
We live in a secular society. I would still make the argument that I made here. That human beings are not dogs. Mankind is unique. And there is a responsibility to honor that uniqueness that is within man. That uniqueness is that he is created in God's image. That is why he is such an extraordinary creature. And because of his sin, why he is such a terrible creature. Why this guy's on trial in the first place. Capable of great good and hideous monstrosities. Okay. So, he must die. Well, we're going to just give him life imprisonment. What is wrong with that? And we would, we would go, we would go, well, it's not obeying the commandment. Yes, that's true. But, you know, let's flesh this out more. What's wrong with just giving him life imprisonment? Still don't hold the value of human life. If he did it once, he can do it again. Life in prison, he still has life. Okay. Yes. Three hots and a cot, baby. Three hots and a cot. Most people. Ben was a former Marine, so he didn't didn't even get the cot. He didn't even get the hot. He just got the three meals. So, so it's it's a question of it's a question of justice, justice. My wife is dead, my mother is dead, and he's just he's watching HBO. You know, you see this in communities. Where there's just a hue and cry. Oh, he got 30 years in prison. What? You know, it it just makes us wretch in our hearts when injustice is served. You know, if it's across the country, we kind of go, eh. But for those affected by it, it's huge. Which is why there's the the Avenger who goes, I'm going to kill him. We just saw this here in town a couple weeks ago when that young man killed the the 19-year-old girl. Yeah. And it, initially his bond was set really low, and there was this huge outcry for why is his bond so low and it ended up being raised, but it's the same idea. The, the punishment must fit the crime. We say eye for an eye. We don't say it. Scripture says it. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, life for a life. But we know that it, it goes even beyond that because it goes to the image of God within man that he has soiled. She, he has shown a disregard for that and God declares his life forfeit. Now, let me ask you this. Could he repent? Can he be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Should he, the should he then still be executed? Yes. yes. Absolutely. You got to do it quick. Yeah, yeah. The repentance. Yeah. You got 30 seconds. I don't know if it's an American court. He has years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, we, we could get into the, the, the travesty that is our American court system and this, this 
you know, he's on the Green Mile for five, ten years before the switch is ever thrown. Okay, but as far as capital punishment is concerned, there, there should be no question. There should be no question there. Now, but liberal Christians are going to say, turn the other cheek. What is our response, Christian, to other Christians saying, well, we should, Jesus says to turn the other cheek? Or what if someone murders someone? Yeah. So turn the other cheek and let them kill you too? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're just supposed to forgive. We're supposed to forgive you. The rest of us, we're supposed to forgive you for what you did. And we just, we turn the other cheek. Does he? <laughs> okay. In the red letters, he doesn't, but in his word, Jesus is the word. So, yes, he does. Okay. Yeah, that would be my response to. But, but what else? Who's supposed to turn the other cheek? The one who was offended? The one who was struck. Can the person in the grave turn the other cheek? Nope. No. Justice must still be meted out on this plane. Those passages apply to individuals. Jesus is not talking to the government. He's talking to people. He's talking to individual people. And he goes so far as to tell them, you shall not murder. Yeah. He says, when you have hatred in your heart, you've murdered already. You just haven't fulfilled the act yet. It's already there. It shows the corruption of our own hearts. All of us. All of us. Capital punishment, huge. We could go on. We could talk capital punishment. But this will ultimately get into other issues. Name another issue where this comes into play. Abortion. We have a friend from the theater. She is Danish. Just went back home. And she saw that Ohio just passed one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the country. That if the baby's heartbeat is present, a doctor who aborts that child is guilty. Of, of murder. murder. Of murder. And her response was, What? You know, how dare they? You know, they're going to, you know, puni- they're going to punish doctors and women for aborting their child. There's only one person who has that choice, who has that right to make that decision. And your response is what? God. 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 <laughs> Okay, but she goes. It's it's in it's my body. I can I can do with it what I want. I can pierce my ears. I can. Explain to me how you know it's a separate life. It's treated that way. It's got its own heart. I mean, you can even use 
use the example of John and Elizabeth, where John is, while still in the womb, he's described as leaping with joy, having Good. his own, being his own entity. Great. For lack of a better word. Good. You can even see it in the way we develop. You know, if the baby was actually part of the woman's body, there, it would be this weird, like, monstrosity. Yeah. The baby's yeah. like part of the woman, but it just grows in the body and then comes out as a separate human being. Okay. Not different DNA. Different DNA! What else is different? Probably. Blood. Blood type's probably different. Isn't that crazy? The sex is in the you know, A woman can grow a little boy inside? Whoa. Good day. <laughs> you know? So it is a separate human being that deserves what? Life. Protection. 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 And who should be the chief protector? The mother. Oh, I mean, this is just, this should just break our hearts. This should break our hearts. If, if there are times, if, if you have never grieved over abortion, then you need to take time to think about this. The gravity and the consequence of abortion what it is. It is murder. It is murder. Okay. Now, you know, we, could, we could get into prosecution. Let me just say something about prosecution. There are some laws a government needs to have on its books where it says this is wrong. And we as a people state that this is wrong. Whether or not we punish those deeds. Um, I definitely, well, I believe, I believe, I'll say it. I have convictions. Scripture, I'm going to die for it. Beliefs that I feel very strongly about based on the principles of Scripture. That doctors should be punished this. Doctors should be punished for this. I don't know where I stand with regard to the mothers. Because I don't, I don't think they can think clearly in this situation. That doesn't absolve them of their guilt. They will have to answer for that. That's terrible. I also mean, I mean, even if you can't, like, tell the heartbeat, can't you? I mean, we probably can now. We can, like, detect DNA or growth. You could, but Ohio made a law. I mean, they just went, we need, we need something to define it, and the heartbeat's a good one. I mean, we're putting it closer and closer to conception, which is a good thing. We'll take it. We'll take it. There's much to consider about abortion. What if, how come... Can, can, can a woman who's had an abortion be redeemed? Yes. Can a Christian woman have an abortion? Absolutely. It's a sin. It's a sin. It is a grievous, heinous, horrible, travesty, tragic sin. It is. It's a sin. Can it be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. For a Christian woman, it already has been. 
just like all of your sins have already been dealt with. You know, there, there's a broken relationship. There's a broken relationship in there. Can the abortion provider be redeemed? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, therein should be our prayer. That this, that this would be abolished. That this would end. That this heinosity would end. I don't know if you noticed as we were driving to Dallas. I, I prayed long, 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 long time. Every time I go down 287 and you get near Bellevue, there's a little porn shop on the side. God, burn that thing to the ground. It's closed. It's closed. Yeah. I mean, I thought, what a blessing. What a blessing that is. Which, you know, it's a blessing that that's closed, but unfortunately, it's probably because of this that it's closed. All right. So we have capital punishment and abortion. Huge. And, I, and again, man, we, we need to think about these more and more. Uh, any others? We have two more blanks there. So okay. What are you Dr. Kavorkian and... Okay. Euthanasia. Euthanasia. Okay. Euthanasia. Um, what is euthanasia? Okay. Somebody else making a decision for another person to put him to death. No. 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 But that's that's okay. where that's where the slip, slippery slope leads. You know, it is the I choose to end my life at the end because of uh, pain or whatever. I'm, I'm I, I, if I'm no longer able to take care of myself, I just want to die. Okay. So that's not different than saying I'm really sick. And then they just pass because they stop eating, stop eating or drinking. Okay, all right. Is is death by natural causes different than my hastening my death? Yes. yes. Absolutely. But Ab- is it natural causes because you stop eating on purpose to hasten your death? If if I'm if I am a vital twenty year old, uh, that's what you're saying is euthanasia. If you're vital twenty years old, if you want to die, then fill me up with gook and let me die. That's euthanasia. No, that would that would be suicide. Mm -hmm. Euthanasia tends more toward people who are physically infirmed, suffering pain, okay, uh, and they don't want to anymore. Uh, there's no telling how long they would live. You're probably going to die a very painful death. And Possibly. Just in, most likely you're going to die a very painful death and you're trying to end it before that. Yes. And, and for whatever reason, I'm hastening my death. It's... it's um, there's, there's a difference between... Simply stopping heroic means to keep somebody alive who is essentially dying. Anyway, they're dying. So, let's say there's a person in the hospital who has tons of machines hooked up to them. They're like, I'm paying for this. I 
don't want this. I'm not going to take the pill, but I'm not going to take the medicine to help me get better either. That's fine. Let me, let me give you an example. Chemotherapy. I haven't had it. For those who have, I have heard it is not, not a party. It is not a party. Horrible. You know, if I'm 85 years old and I have cancer, they say, hey, if, if we give you chemo, you got five more years to go. I may go, no thanks. Just let it take me. That's not euthanasia. That is a natural death. There. Just to yeah. Good. Sit. So. Yeah. 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 But for me to have somebody else assist me is, is no different than going. It's just less gruesome. And if anybody has been around, known somebody who has committed suicide, there is no good that comes from it. I mean, even Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler offed himself. It would have been far better to see Adolf Hitler come to justice than for him to take his own life. There. Euthanasia. Man, again, this has, this has so many tendrils and rabbit trails, and I offer this up really for, you, for food for your mind, for you to think about and talk about, because... This truth bears on it. What's another issue? Caleb. Caleb, let me let me let's go back to the earlier in class. What's another issue? That I told you we're gonna get back to it. Oh war. War, exactly. War. What about war? There's one party who Would you say there could be a righteous war? Like World War II, we went to war because we were being attacked. Okay. We're going to go back to Augustine and just war theory. Okay? Uh, Augustine first birthed just war theory that military guys have heard of, if not studied it. Um, it's been fleshed out over the years. Can we invade Mexico? Absolutely. Not. <laughs> exactly. I, I can't just invade Mexico. Hey, we want your land. And so we're invading. Okay. Not, not proper. Okay, again, this bears into this. I don't just go and kill people. A sovereign, they're a sovereign nation. God is the God of nations as well. He sets up rulers. He puts them down. When can I go to war against Mexico? They start attacking us. Exactly. December 7th, 1941. A day which will live in infamy. Why? We were attacked by Japan. Fights on, baby. Yamamoto, we woke a sleeping giant. We are at war in the Pacific, and we're about to go to war in Germany, too, since you guys are buddies. There. 
And so, in defense, why? The government has a responsibility, Romans 13, to defend its people. To defend its people. When I was in the military, we are a bullet in the gun of our nation. And they can fire us as they see fit. Now, we have a responsibility on that pointy end to go, is this a just death? William, William Calley in Vietnam went in and massacred a village of women and children. And he was court-martialed. And he said, my superiors ordered it. And went, yes, they did, but you're a moron. True. Because these are defenseless women and children. What were you thinking? Again, that's killing. They had, it's they not were, killing, it's there murder. was nothing, they were doing nothing in the war effort. Nothing. Zip. War. Again, they, there's much to think on. There's much to think on with regard to war. Was the nuke, was nuking Nagasaki and Hiroshima just? Man, people. We think on this all the time, and I go back and forth. I really do. You know, I, I, you know, I'll hear arguments and go, yeah, 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 and then I'll go, oh, that's it. So I'm, I'm a divided man on that issue. The image of God in man that comes to play here really bears on other issues as well. How do we treat the sojourner and the exile? How do we treat people marching toward our borders. How should we treat them? How does our national identity play into that to sojourners and exiles? How do we help the poor? Okay, those are, those are some other issues that come into play. But So, life, thou shalt not murder. So now I have a question. All right, this is... I'm not, I don't have anything against Mexicans, but let's say a Mexican ruler. Let's you, just... you. <laughs> <laughs> Matamoros. Okay, go. Well, let's just say there was a Mexican guy who's put in power, and he starts going around, kind of like Adolf Hitler, and he's killing X amount of people in his country mm -hmm. just because they're of their. Mm -hmm. Lineage. Mm -hmm. Should America march in and help? We'll answer that another time. That's a huge rabbit trail. I'm not going to talk about it here. You're going to open a can of worms. But that's it. But Caleb, that's the kind of discussion, really, to have with other people. What 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 do we do in that instance? Because that's what was happening in Germany, and we knew it, and we were like, maybe the Germans will stop. Yeah. So, okay, adultery. In seven minutes. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> what is this? What is adultery? Not honoring your spouse and having intimacy with another person. Having intimacy with another person, not your spouse. Typically, it's referred to adultery with another woman, usually referring to the man. But in today's culture... <laughs> All bets are off. Okay. Okay. Adultery between 
thou shalt not do, and you shall not commit adultery. Okay. Why the specificity? God could have, God could have said, "Thou shalt not fornicate," and pretty much covered everything. But He didn't. He said, is yeah, it violates so the first. You, I mean, marriage is almost like God's gift to us because you know God and the church, and so a married man and a married woman show that bond. And so when that is violated and it's broken, it completely soils. I mean, what is what is the fundamental unit that God created? Family. family. No, it's it's not even families. It's marriage. It is a marriage that begets a family. Family. Okay, you have to have yeah, man and woman, baby. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, and and Jesus. Um, in, in, back in Matthew 19, same chapter of the rich young ruler, the Pharisees came up and says, it is lawful to divorce one's wife for any case. Jesus said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning, male and female, and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore, and this is, this is Christ's addition, the Word, the Son of God, what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Why did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? He said, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. What was the passage Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 9. The exception was adultery. Why? You know, and it's, it's largely what Emma, Emma said. One flesh joined together. This is a commitment, a promise, and a covenant between you and your spouse. The highest, greatest, most significant, most profound covenant you could make. And if you treat that as a common thing, you have broken your vow. How do we commit adultery? But what did he say 14 chapters earlier? In Matthew chapter How significant for men and women, men mostly, women yes also, as your desires go, oh, I wish he would be more like him or... She would be more like her or, and 
start to entertain. And again, the, the problems with, yeah, it's, it's closed outside of Bellevue, but, you know, you, you, two taps, and you can pretty much get anywhere you want to. Workarounds, you can do it. You can find it. Just know that it's all recorded. It is, but who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? God cares. That's who cares. God cares. God cares. And you may not think your spouse will care, but she'll care too. She will care too. She will feel betrayed. Again, there's that justice. Where is our? There. Where is our? What am I? That's why here God doesn't just talk about the act. It's not the sex. He'll talk about fornication in Leviticus in icky detail. There too. He does. Don't do this, 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 this. Why? Because you'll think up something else. Sick and perverted hearts that you have. But the fundamental thing is your relationship with your spouse. Because throughout Scripture, God paints a picture for us of his relationship with his people, Israel, as a marriage. That's what Hosea is all about. That relationship of God to his unfaithful people, but God still loves them. And Jesus does the same thing through Paul in husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So that intimate relationship that we have with God is what should be in our marriages. And as we would not go, 1 Corinthians 6, and unite ourselves with an idol... So I ought not unite myself with a prostitute, married man. So, where does that leave us? We think far too lightly of man's special place within the creation. And we think far too lightly of the marriage covenant. Isn't it true that some people are turning to instead of till death do his part, till like someone else do his part or something? Uh, that's just a bad joke. So, you know, people will, will say that in, in humor. Ha, ha, ha. That's why I, I, I don't like jokes about marriage. You know, jokes about marriage are, are really ugly things. Ah, my wife. Ah, she's a So the implications, the implications of violating those verses, those two commandments, don't commit adultery, are severe. They're severe. They're very, very severe. And we don't think on them highly enough. We don't think about them nearly enough as we should and what the implications are and how that fleshes out in our families and therefore in our communities and therefore in our country. And we need to speak. We need to speak up on those issues. And I'm out of time. So.